I am looking for five unfulfilled healthcare professionals who want to create a clear roadmap to fulfillment in the next 30 days. If that's you, I would love to connect. Head to the link in the show notes to apply for a career clarity call, and I'll share all of the details with you. Welcome to the Life After Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Turgeon, residency dropout, best-selling author, online entrepreneur, and world traveler. I'm on a mission to help the whole world start doing work that they actually enjoy because I believe the world is a better place when we're all doing work we love. If you want to create a fulfilling life and career on your own terms, then you are in exactly the right place and I'm so glad you're here. Through this podcast, I'll share inspiring stories of healthcare workers who have left their traditional medical careers to forge their own path to fulfillment. I'll also give you my best tips and advice for how I've managed to create a thriving life after medicine. Hello, my loves. I have a quick favor to ask of you press pause on this episode and go leave a review right now. Reviews are so helpful in boosting the podcast rankings and the algorithm, and they can also help other listeners to find this show. So if you have been listening to the podcast and have been enjoying it, please, please, please write a quick review about why this podcast has been helpful to you, why you've been enjoying it. It really doesn't have to be long, just a sentence or two about why you like the podcast. So I am so serious. Please press pause right now and leave a review before you forget. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Fulfillment Formula. And this one is going to be a solo episode. I want to walk you through five questions that you need to ask yourself to find career fulfillment. But first, I want to just get into what is career fulfillment and why it's important to do this inner work so that you can find it. So as you've noticed, I've asked many of my podcast guests this episode, what does fulfillment mean to you personally? So there's not just one definition because everybody's answers have varied in so many wonderful ways. Um, So the definition I'm going to give you is kind of my own definition, maybe merged with some of the lessons I've learned through interviewing my various guests. So to me, career fulfillment is feeling like I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. So having those moments of click where there's nothing else I'd rather be doing in a global sense, it's more like looking forward to my day. My work matters to me. My work energizes me. That's career fulfillment. And a lot of it is defined by feelings, but just because it's a feeling doesn't mean it's not a metric or something that you can measure because you can look at your feelings and observe the way that you're feeling as you go through your days. And to me, that's what fulfillment is. It really comes down to a feeling and that's okay. So what I want to do during this episode is to give you five questions that you can ask yourself to start getting on that path towards career fulfillment. And it's also important to note that career fulfillment is not necessarily a destination as much as it is a path that you enter into. So it can be kind of a moving target. It's something that is always, you never just reach this place and you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm here. Um, But at the same time, you can start to pursue a career that is more fulfilling to you. You can start to make fulfillment more of 
your goal as opposed to any other metrics of success that maybe you've previously been operating under. And so during this episode, I'm going to give you five really high quality questions to reflect on. And I want you to get so much value from this one episode and also to understand that through my coaching program, the career fulfillment formula, I walk you through these five questions in even more depth. We go through an actual process to systematically answer these questions. And by going through this process and by answering these questions in depth, you have a clear assessment essentially of what your career fulfillment needs are. So what is it that needs to be in place for you to feel happy and fulfilled in your career? What needs to be going on in your day so that you can come home at the end of the day and say, that was a good day. I really feel like I made a difference today. I feel alive. I feel like I'm living my purpose. What are those things that need to be in place for you to feel that way? and what's keeping you from feeling that way. And so that's what we're going to go through today. We're going to get into these five questions. So I'll go ahead and get started with that. So question number one is what are your values? Your values are essentially what you hold to be most important to you. They are at your core. They're, They're what drives you, what motivates you, what you want to spend your time and your energy on. And in a lot of ways, it can also be related to your your moral compass, your sense of right and wrong, like what you believe about how you should be operating in the world, how you want to be showing up, what, yeah, what feels right and wrong to you. And when your work violates your values, you don't feel fulfilled. It's really that simple. So for example, for me, when I was working in medicine, and I didn't know this at the time, that one of my core values was freedom. And along with freedom, I also associate independence and autonomy. And in medicine, I don't, so I don't think when I was going into medicine, freedom was a core value. I think like success, prestige, recognition, achievements, I think those were more of my core values. But throughout the process of medical school, my values shifted. They changed and that's okay, right? So any of the career fulfillment questions we're asking now, it is something that these can change over time and it's ongoing work. That's why I said it's not necessarily a destination or something that you reach. It's just kind of a way of moving throughout each day. So when I was working in medicine, some of my core values became freedom, which again, I associate with independence, with autonomy. And in medicine, you don't really have freedom and it's, it's possible to potentially structure your career in a, in a different way that allows you more freedom. But at the end of the day, I didn't like being told what to do by anyone else. I didn't like that. I had a call schedule to where I couldn't count on having every weekend off. I couldn't plan super far in advance if I was going to like go on a weekend vacation with friends. Like I would have to check in with the call schedule and, you know, it came up with like bachelorette parties and weddings. It was just really hard to get time off and to go places. And I just didn't feel free. I felt very chained to my work. And I know that residency is kind of a special scenario and a special situation. I don't think you get a significant amount of additional freedom when you become an attending. So for me, I started to realize this is not, it's not working for me. It doesn't go along with my values. And it's really hard when you feel like your values are being violated on a daily basis. You continually don't feel free. Like when you hold something to be really important and you want, this is what motivates you. This is what you want to spend your time and energy on when your work doesn't allow you to do that, it just starts to wear at you over time. And it really starts to drain you and it keeps you from feeling as fulfilled as you could be. 
And the way I teach values in my program is that your values can really act like a compass. They can guide you in the direction of what type of work would be most satisfying to you. It can help you to categorically eliminate certain areas of work. So for example, freedom again, for me, what that came down to, it wasn't just that I wanted my weekends off. It wasn't just that I wanted more time to myself or that I wanted to go like work part-time or anything like that. It's that I didn't want to be told what to do by anyone. I wanted to decide what to do. And what that ended up doing is categorically eliminating every kind of job or career besides entrepreneurship. Um, And now potentially if I was working for somebody and we had a really good relationship and they really trusted me and allowed me to make a lot of decisions, then that potentially could create a situation of freedom that worked for me as well. But it It pretty easily eliminated many of the traditional employment type jobs where you report to somebody, you have a boss, you do what you're told, all of that. It really guided me in the sense of, okay, (laughs) freedom is my, one of my drivers. This is really important for me when it's violated. I don't feel like myself and I don't feel good. So I need to be working in a position that gives me freedom. And I was able to use that information to make decisions, to put me in a career path that was really suited for me. So in that way, you can use your values like a compass to guide you away from the type of work that absolutely would not be satisfying and they can be really effective. And in my program, the process that we go through to elicit your values is insanely beneficial. I haven't seen anyone else teach values the way that I do. Um, We don't just use fluffy words like freedom, kindness, teamwork, collaboration, purpose. You, You start with that, but then we get really granular. We get down into this nitty gritty of what does it mean to live out these values on a daily basis? At the end of a day, how will you know that you've lived from a place of freedom, that you've lived out this value of freedom, that you've lived out this value of kindness? What are the metrics? What are the ways that you can know you're living this value? What does that look like? And people have really shared with me that this is one of the most transformative parts of the entire program. Um, one of my, one of my clients back in February was like, oh my gosh, every high school student should do this when they graduate. And then once a year for the rest of their lives. And it's really such a valuable, such a valuable process to determine your values in this current season, get clear on what that means and what that looks like to live out. And the clarity you get from that is incredible. Um, So to start with, just, I'll give you one kind of question to to get you started with trying to come up with your values. But again, this is something we go into so much more detail in within my program ask yourself this one question. What is most important to you in your life and career? So start with that and allow that to be how you begin the process of figuring out your values. The second question we ask ourselves is what do you enjoy? And this is actually not the order that I go in, in my program, but this is just the order I was brainstorming the podcast episode in. So this is the order we're going to do it. (laughs) So what do you enjoy is the second question. And really this seems so simple, but where we can get caught up here is when we tell ourselves that that doesn't matter, (laughs) that's irrelevant, that, okay, joy, that's just a silly thing to chase. It's not something that you can make money from, or it's not something you can 
you know, basic career around why is that question even, <laughs> what is that question even doing here? This is serious stuff, right? This isn't about fun and enjoyment. But one of the first things I teach my clients in this program is that first you have to realize and believe that your enjoyment matters. It matters because I, I say this in the intro of my podcast, I believe the world's a better place when we're doing work that we enjoy just in my own personal experience, when I am doing this coaching work that I enjoy, there's this beautiful, natural source of energy and motivation that pulls me into it, that keeps me going, that gives me just inspiration to help people and say things and show up in ways that like, I'm really making a difference in people's lives. And I enjoy the crap out of this work. (laughs) And I do believe that I'm making a deeper and greater. So deeper as in, in any one person I touch, it affects them in a more dramatic way. And then greater as in I'm reaching more and more people. So that like the depth and the breadth of my impact, I believe is so much greater now that I'm doing this work that's uniquely me, that I really enjoy doing, that lights me up. Like this, the the amount of comments I've received and the people who come to me to share how I'm helping them, it just shows me that my enjoyment does matter. And that's not to say I didn't help people when I was working in medicine. I'm sure that I did, but I believe that I'm helping people in a potentially more profound way now that I'm doing what I really enjoy. And then the best part is I'm not sacrificing all of the things that are important to me in the process. So yeah, first you have to believe that your enjoyment matters and then you have to reconnect to it because especially when we're burnt out, when we've been working in maybe a more scientific based field that has a less focus on creativity and fun. Um, and especially with medicine, it's very serious and there can be not as much room for playfulness and lightheartedness. And so really connecting back to your joy is important. So just asking yourself questions like, what is it that you like doing? What brings a smile to your face? What do you look forward to? What makes you say at the end of the day that this was a really good day? And when I think of what what do you enjoy this kind of blanket category of a question? I think of this roomy quote that I love. And he says, let yourself be drawn by the strange pull of what you love. It will not lead you astray. And that has been so true in my experience. And it's the strange pull of what you love because it feels like it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it feels like how could this be a career? I don't know if this would ever make money. Is this a job? Can people really do this? Is this a thing? So it can feel strange. It can feel like it doesn't make sense. But if you just let yourself be drawn by the strange pull of what you love, it will not lead you astray. The third question is, what are you good at? And people can get really intimidated by this concept. And I've had to work with clients through this, um, through this period of time, because they can have this idea, like, I don't have any special gifts. There's nothing that I'm exceptionally good at. There's nothing that I'm world-class prodigy status at. And, And the concept of special gifts or special skills or zone of genius or unique talents or whatever, whatever words you want to use, people can get really intimidated by this concept. So first I want to say, you don't have to be 
Olympic level gold medal status at something to be good at it. You do not have to be the only person in the world who is good at this thing. You don't have to be the best person in the world at this thing. What what I found is helpful is when people realize it's not necessarily one tangible skill that you do better than anyone else. It's more about how your unique combinations of skills and personality traits and the things that you enjoy, how those come together to form your zone of genius. So it's not that you have to be the best of the best of the best. It's just like, there are certain things you do really well that not a lot of other people do. And it doesn't even have to be that no one else does. It could be that no one else that you know in this area of this specialty does. Like it doesn't have to be as unique or as the only one in the world to do it. So I think that's important to not let yourself get intimidated by it. Another word you can use if it feels too intimidating is to say strengths, but I think also that word can be really boring. (laughs) So in my, in my program, we talk about your zone of genius and I lead my clients through this really cool process to uncover your zone of genius so that you can spend more time in this genius zone. And because when you're in the zone of genius, that's when you get into that flow state when time is passing and it just seems to fly by because you're so enthralled in the moment, you're enjoying it, you're good at it. And so this is a really important place for all of us to access because I believe this is, again, like I talked about, the world's a better place when we do work we enjoy. The world's also a better place when we're taking these gifts and strengths and talents that we have and we're sharing them with the world. I think of that this little light of mine song where it's like, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. It's literally like this. Like we don't want to hide our gifts under a bushel. I don't know what a bushel is, but let's not hide your gifts there. (laughs) So it's really important to let your gifts shine and to do the things that you're good at. So a question you can use here is what am I doing when I'm at my best? I know that's a simple question. Um, and that doesn't, it's definitely not going to get you all the way there because the deeper, you know, the whole process for uncovering your zone of genius is what we do in the program, but that is a really good place to start. Question number four, and this probably would be better to go up at the beginning around question number one or two. What specifically do I not like about my current job? What is not working for me? And the more specific you can get, the better. So for example, one of my clients, she was saying she didn't like that she has to follow this really strict and rigid formula for helping her patients. She just felt like when she was going into these patient visits, she's just checking off these boxes that she's supposed to check off for insurance, for reimbursement. I think that's the same thing for, you know, for billing, for whatever it is. Um, she's kind of like going through the motions, checking off these boxes instead of really devoting time and energy to have the conversations that mattered. Because when you have a limited amount of time and energy and part of the way that you're paid forces you to spend your time and energy in one way, it doesn't leave as much time and energy for all of the other stuff. And so that was really damaging to my client because she didn't feel like she was helping patients in the way that she wanted to, that she wasn't able to have the impact she wanted to. She wasn't able to connect with patients and have these deeper conversations and have the impact that matters. And for her, that was important because having deep conversations was one of the ways that she really excelled. That was one of her gifts. That's how she liked to affect change. 
and to make a difference. And so a lot of times when we get into this, when we get into the real specifics about what don't I like about my job and we go deeper than just the surface stuff, right? So it's not just about complaining. It's not about oh, this just sucks. I have to do paperwork. And it's not just complaining at the surface level. It's getting deeper into what bothers me so much about that. What is missing when I'm just doing all this paperwork? What am I not doing? What's missing that I would want to be doing? And so it's really getting granular again, getting into the specifics so that you can have a deeper understanding of what is it that's not working for you. So you can know what will work for you. And yeah, a lot of times when we get down to this, down to the nitty gritty, what usually comes up is the reason you don't like your current job is because it's not something you enjoy. Like the day-to-day tasks are not things that you enjoy. You're not using your gifts and strengths and talents and zone of genius, or it's violating your values. So it usually comes back to one of those, but it's really helpful to look at it in the specific context of where you're working currently so that it also helps to bring your gifts and values and enjoyment to life in a different way, because it, it highlights kind of the opposite of that. So that's question number four. And again, that usually comes to light as we talk about the other three areas. And then finally, question number five is how do you want to serve the world? And let's get clear on a couple of things. One is when you're really burnt out, this might not be something you can even answer. And that's okay. That doesn't make you selfish. That doesn't make you a bad person. That just means you're really burnt out. That means how you want to serve the world is by serving yourself first. And that's okay. Because I've had plenty of people say, I don't care about serving the world. I just want to serve myself. I get it. I've been there. That means you're tired. That means you need rest. That's that's a really good indication that you're burnt out. And so let's take some time to focus on you. So if you can't answer this question right now, you're not wrong. It's just a great sign that there is some self-care, some rest, some burnout recovery to be done. And that's great. And then once you have done that and you've started to recover, this part of you will come alive naturally. It really will because the desire and drive to contribute is an innate need of our soul, of our spirit, of of our humanness, the need to make the world a better place, to leave a legacy, to, to make a difference. That's part of our DNA. Nobody that I know of doesn't have that. So we all have this way that we want to contribute. And then when I say surf the world, that doesn't mean you have to be the president of the United States or that you have to like be in the United Nations or, you know, do anything that involves the actual entire world. <laughs> you don't it doesn't have to be anything at a global scale. It doesn't like have to be any of that. So how do you want to serve the world? It just means what kind of contribution do you want to make? It, it can be something like you want to be an incredible mom and raise human beings who are really kind souls who excel in the world. Like it can be that it can be, you want to serve the world by creating beautiful pieces of jewelry that make people happy. It doesn't have to be something deep and profound. It can be surface level. If, if you love beauty and you want to paint things or draw or whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, nothing is better. There's no one way to serve the world that's better than any other way. It's just like, what kind of impact do you want to have? And so a question you can use to start getting clear on that 
like how you want to serve the world is what breaks your heart. Usually it's the things that break our heart that really drive us or speak to us in some way. It's ways that we want to give back. And it's, it's interesting. I read at one point that the word passion is from the Latin root word, like passio or something like that, that means suffering. And so it's generally where we suffer and the things that break our heart that become our greatest passion. It doesn't have to be the case. So don't, don't feel like that's a rule. It's just a way to start investigating how you might want to serve the world. And so those are the five questions you can ask yourself to start finding fulfillment. I'm going to just do a quick recap. What are your values? And the question is, what's most important to you in your life and career? What do you enjoy? And you get a few questions here. What is it that you like doing? What brings a smile to your face? What do you look forward to? What are you good at? The question here is, what am I doing when I'm at my best? Question number four is, what specifically do I not like about my current job? And the deeper question is, what specifically is not working for me in my job right now? And then finally, the last one, how do you want to serve the world? And the question you can ask is, what breaks your heart? So this is just a small sample of some of the questions I ask and the reflections that we do and the work we do together in my program, the career fulfillment formula. And it's, it's such an incredible process of uncovering what are those things that need to be in place for you to feel fulfilled in your career. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you are interested in answering those questions for yourself and you want to go deeper and have guidance and do it with somebody then please feel free to reach out. I still have some openings for one-on-one spots at the time of recording this and would love to work with you on your journey to career fulfillment. And I hope that this episode was so helpful for you, whether or not you want to work with me, I hope you still got so much out of it as ways to reflect on your own and to start looking into some of these things on your own. So thank you so much for listening as always. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Life After Medicine podcast. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation, share your takeaways, and connect with other like-minded healthcare workers, then come join us in the Life After Medicine Facebook group. The link to join the group is in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you further.